Scripture reading for today comes from John chapter 9, verses 30 to 38. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? the man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Oh, (laughs) Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Uh, On July 16th, at the picnic, we're going to start service at 1030. I'm going to have baptism. We're going to baptize Bryce Jevedon at the lake, the swimming part of it. Then after that, we'll have a little devotional thought, and then we'll have lunch together. Um, so, And if anybody else is interested in being baptized, let me know. I'll be glad to speak with you about it. But July 16th, the picnic, service will start at 1030. We'll start with the baptism. And then we'll go from there. Also been working with the board, and I'm not sure who's responsible for what, but for September 10th, I believe, we're going to do the New Beginnings Roast and Service. There'll be no Sunday school that day, and I'm not sure how it's all going to work out, but we are planning on doing that uh, September 10th on that Sunday, the New Beginnings uh, Service. So... Just wanted to throw those two things out there, and I'll make sure I write them on the calendar uh, this morning. Amy, don't let me forget to do that, please. For me, there's nothing like living in America. All the rights and freedoms that we enjoy are just phenomenal and outstanding. So many freedoms and rights that there's many people that come to this country wanting to live out the American dream. They might want to start their own business, work at a factory, get education, teach, go to college. But they want to come and have what they call a piece of the pie. They want to live the American dream. And next Sunday, on the 2nd of July, I will attend with some of the churches in West Alexandria over at Peace Park at 10 a.m., three rights and privileges that we enjoy as Americans. The first one is the right to assemble. Different denominations and different churches will assemble at Peace Park at 10 a.m. We have the right to assembly, the freedom to assemble. The second right we will express is the freedom of speech, to express ourselves. We will do that through singing, scripture reading, preaching, praying, But we have the right to express ourselves. And the third right that we will express is the freedom of religion. The ability to worship God according to our own conscience and own mind without anybody coming after us and taking us away. We're all believers from different backgrounds. Lutheran, 
Community Christian, Baptist, Church of the Brethren, all from different backgrounds are going to gather together and show that we're one body in Christ and we are going to worship the Lord. Freedom most countries don't have and don't express. But I am glad to be a part of that. By the way, Allie will be leading the worship that Sunday. And I think that's phenomenal. They begged for her at the Wakoka meeting to lead the worship. So we're looking forward to that. But you know, there are many people born in America that don't have the same experience I did. They were born in a bad situation. Life has hit them hard, and they don't necessarily like America. Don't want nothing to do with America. On top of that, they want nothing to do with God. If there is a loving God who's kind and compassionate, why am I in this situation? Why did this happen to me? God can do anything he wants, when he wants, and how he wants. Why do I have to be here? They want nothing to do with America, and they want nothing to do with God. This is what happened to the blind man in the story this morning. The Bible said he was born blind from his birth. As a kid, he might not have had any kids to play with. And wasn't like he could run down the road and have a little bit of fun. He was blind. No other kids wanted to hang out with somebody like that. He was kind of on his own. He couldn't go to the water and swim. He would have to have somebody take him down there. He couldn't go fishing. As he got older, he could hear things that were going on in the town, but he never got to see it with his own eyes. It must have hurt him to be like that. And then to say, there's a temple over here where we worship the true and only God. He never saw the temple. He stood by the temple begging for money, but he never saw it or got to experience sacrifice or anything about his religion. As a matter of fact, in his own religion, the blind man was an outcast. Get away from us. We want nothing to do with you. Why would he want to serve and follow God to be treated such a way? Why would he want to live in a country who had no love for him and said, you're basically a worthless human being. Get out of our sight. What a travesty to be born in that situation. Then when the blind man got noticed, it was not good when he got noticed. He was judged and condemned. And they would say, uh, is this not the man born blind? He's a sinner. Who did sin, his mom and dad or him? Somebody had to do something wrong for the blind man to be in this situation. And the whole of chapter 9 of John, this is a discussion with the Pharisees. What did you or your mom and dad do wrong that you are like this? Of course, that was belief in their day. We call that theology. They believed you had to do something wrong to be in a bad situation. I kind of believe that myself. When life goes south on Brian, I ask, what did I do wrong or how did I sin to get in this situation? Do you sometimes believe that or feel like that? You've had to do something wrong to be in this situation. And you ask God, why is this happening to me? What did I do so bad that you would bring this on me? The dude had it rough. But then Jesus saw him and that changed everything. The Bible says he became free. They put judgment on him, condemnation on him. 
came after him, and then Jesus came along and talks to him, and he became free. What did the blind man become free of? Number one, he become free from his ailment. <coughs> he was blind, but Jesus freed him from that. He freed him from condemnation. He freed him to enter the forbidden realm. Now remember, he's an outcast. <coughs> Nobody wants to talk to him or be around him. But when Jesus healed him, he went right into <coughs> the Pharisees. Yes, I probably do. He went right into the Pharisees. <coughs> he goes into the Pharisees. And he starts having a debate with the Pharisees. When he was blind, he couldn't do that. But the Lord Jesus freed him. And when he freed him, he went and talked to the religious leaders. He was free to tell a story. I was blind, but now I see. He couldn't tell a story when he was blind. They knew he was blind, and they judged him for it. But when he became free, he told his story. He was free to understand what it means to be holy. Now, on the scripture reading up there, we started out with, I'm amazed that you guys don't understand this. <coughs> he says, no sinner man can do what this guy done. I want to tell you what he done for me. And he began to tell the Pharisees and scribes what Christ had done in his life. He was free to confess Jesus Christ in a public form to those who would deny the Lord Jesus Christ. He became free. Ultimately, the blind man was free to worship God. He says, I was once blind, but now I see. Who is he that I might worship him? Jesus comes to him. He's cast out of the temple. He's cast out of the sanctuary. They said, get away from us. Who are you to counsel us? Who are you to tell us about God? How dare you come in here? But they called him in to give an account of what happened in his life. He done it. And they say, we worship God according to the law of Moses. We don't know who you worship. We know this man's a sinner. And he says, no, he's not. He finally says, you know what? All I know is this man called on my name. I was blind. And now I see. And now I'm here before you leaders. You cared nothing about me before. Wanted nothing to do with me. You didn't want to help me. And now I'm here telling you my story. I was once blind, but now I see. And Jesus asks him a question. And he says, Lord, who is this Christ? And he said, I am he. And the Bible says he was free to worship the Lord. I believe you, Lord. I believe you are the Christ. His life is all torn up. It's all bad. It's all nasty. They judged him and condemned him. Jesus looks at him, and Jesus begins to do a work in his life. How did this man get his freedom? Number one, Christ called on him. I'm sure Jesus walked by all the time, but on this particular day, after the Feast of Dedication, Christ come on him, saw him, and anointed his eyes. Christ called on him. Secondly, he listened to Christ while he was still in a dark place. Jesus just didn't take the blindness from him. He did something that we might think is a little weird. He spits on the ground, makes a dough ball. Well, that's only good for carp. Everybody knows that. 
He makes a little dough ball and he puts it over the dude's eye. He's still in darkness. And he says, now go down to this pool. You go down to this pool and then you're going to be made whole. He listened to what Jesus said. Jesus touched and anointed his eyes, but he was still in a dark place. And he took off on his journey to the pool. He started his walk of faith not knowing what was ahead of him. Now, he was blind. I would assume most people that are blind today, don't they have a walking stick to kind of, they're leading them along the way and they're putting out the stick. Jesus tells him to go to this pool where you'll be healed. So he takes a stick and he starts walking. And he's, he's walking by faith. Maybe I shouldn't go here. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Here's a straight path. I'll go this path because Jesus told me to go on this path. So he takes his sticks and he heads out to where Christ is asking him to go. Not knowing what's going to happen. Not knowing what he's going to run into. He starts his walk of faith and he goes to the pool. When he gets to the pool, he had to bow down. He had to bow down and he had to get in that water and he had to wash his eyes. And when he washed his eyes, he could see. When he washed his eyes, that signifies sanctification. That God opened his eyes and he can truly see the goodness and the greatness of God. But he bowed down and he got in there and God cleaned his life up through the water and sanctification. Sanctification means he was set apart for the glory of God. Remember Jesus said, this man did not sin. He did nothing wrong. But that the works of God might be glorified in him. Has this happened to him? He didn't sin. His mom and dad didn't sin. His mom and dad didn't want to get called in the office. They said, he's a grown man. Let him answer for himself. Leave us alone. Jesus said, he did nothing wrong. It was for the glory of God he was going through this situation. All of this, all of this gave this man his freedom. Now in his own way, he could say, I love living in America. I can see it clearly now. I can see it straight now. I can see the temple now. I can see the glory of God now. You see, John chapter 8, John chapter 9, and John chapter 10, they all work together to show the love of God and what he wants to do in people's life. In John chapter 8, the Bible says he forgives the adulterous woman. They brought her and said, this woman is a sinner. She's been caught in adultery. What did Jesus do? He forgave her. He said, go and sin no more. In that, he says, I am the light of the world. Those who follow me will not walk in darkness. So he takes a sinner person and he touches a sinner person and he sends her on his way. He says, you're right. You broke the commandments of God. You are lost and you are undone. But I am the light of the world and I'm going to forgive you of your sin. Now go and sin no more. In chapter 9, he heals the blind man so that he never has to walk in darkness again. You don't have to live like this, he says, but you got to follow me. In chapter 10, the Bible says he's the good shepherd. His sheep hear his voice and he will follow no one else. The blind man heard, the adulterous woman heard Jesus speak to them. And they said, you are the shepherd. You are the king. You are the Lord. We will serve and we will follow and we will honor you. 
and we will follow and serve nobody else because he's the good shepherd. And Jesus says they have freedom to go in and out of the gate to walk where they want because they follow the good shepherd. You know, in our life like that as believers, before we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we were walking in darkness. But one day, he called our name. And he said, pick up your cross and follow me. But he didn't make the way all clear, did he? You started on your own journey and your own walk of faith. You had to know what you were doing and how you were going to walk and serve him. You see, the blind man had a stick. We have the word of God. It's the word of God we look to. It's the word of God we trust. And in this, God speaks to our heart. And he says, pick up your cross and follow me. I don't understand what you mean by this. But through circumstances in life, I'm going to trust this word. And you go and you live your life by faith. Not sure where he's taking you or leading you or guiding you. But he is doing it. And you serve him and you trust him by faith. And as you're going on that journey, you get baptized in water. Do we not? After we get saved, don't we get baptized in water? We get baptized in water to say, I'm going down, I'm going to die to myself, and I'm going to raise up in newness of life to serve and follow you. And at that point, you're saying, I've become separated from the world. I no longer want to live that way. I no longer want to go that way. But I want to live my life in a way that's pleasing to you. We separate ourselves and say, you are the true God. You are the one I serve and follow. Then after we get dunked in that water, we come up and thank God that he's touched our lives, that he's filled us with his spirit, that he's given us a new mind and new heart. And what do we do? We go worship him. Do we not? Do we not worship him in the sanctuary when we come to church? We give him honor. We give him glory. We sing to him. We praise him. We give him offerings. We thank him and rejoice. We give our petitions to him. The same thing the blind man went through where he can enjoy the goodness of God has happened to us in our lives as well. And we have the freedom as believers to do what we want, to go where we want. But it always should center around honor and glorifying God. So I want to say this morning, I do praise the Lord that I live in America. I thank him for all the rights and freedoms I have, the ability to worship him according to conscience, the freedom to express myself, the freedom to tell others about Jesus. But I want to praise him more this morning that he set me free. He set me free from an old way of life. He set me free from darkness. He set me free from pain. He set me free from all that when he died on the cross and he called on my name. I love living in America, but I love being in the kingdom of God, and I love this church. I love coming here every Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night, early Saturday mornings. I love this church. I love this people because it was here I experienced the forgiveness of God. And when you've experienced his forgiveness, his love, his mercy and kindness, the only place you want to be 
is in his presence. Nothing like living in America, but there's nothing like living in the kingdom of God for him and his glory. Let us pray this morning. Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name, thanking you for the story of the blind man. That first he didn't do anything wrong. He never sinned. His mom and dad didn't sin that he was like he was. It was for the glory of God. And you called on him one day, even while he was being judged and condemned and rejected. He listened to your call. He followed your word, not knowing where he was going or knowing what he was doing. But he went to that pool and he washed his eyes. And then he came and he fell at your feet and says, who are you? Jesus says, I am the Christ. And he worshiped you. All of that gave him freedom he never had before. The freedom to see things around him. The freedom to worship you, God. And to praise you and to honor you. The freedom to be made whole in his own life. We have that freedom today, not only as Americans, but as Christians because of the blood that was shed. Let us honor you in everything we say and do. And be grateful for the work that you've done on that old rugged cross. And never forget that you're a God of love. We ask you to hear this prayer now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.